Psalm 137. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. I'll make some comments here. So, here's God's people. They're in captivity. They're not in a time of great blessing and freedom. They're in captivity. And they sat down. And you know, when we sit down, that implies a time when you can reflect, doesn't it? Because our lives are so crazy busy, mine included, and it's just nonstop. Your mind doesn't have a chance to, to sit down and rest. But when we sit down, like we're doing here, I trust, we have a chance to reflect, don't we? And that's why it's so important to close the door of the world from time to time, every day. Because the world will not let you reflect. You'll be driven by the stimulus of the world. And you're just always being flooded with things in your eye gate, your ear gate, and you can't think about anything except the thing that's right in front of you. But the people of God here, they sat down. And when they sat down, they remembered Zion. When we sit down, we get to think about the kingdom of God. Isn't it true when, when we have these quiet times, this included, quiet times of reflection, where we just shut down for a bit, things become clearer. The things of eternity become a lot more important and real to us. Heaven becomes a lot more real and valued. Well, when they sat down, they remembered Zion, as we, I trust, do as well, and they wept. Now, why did they weep? Because there's lots of cause for weeping. In our case, if you want to think about it, well, when you think about eternity, you think about how short your life is. You think about all those that are outside of Christ. You think about the the discouragements of the state of affairs and the church and all of that sort of starts coming into your mind. And so, we sit down, we remember, and we weep. We hanged our harps upon the willows. We just had to hang up our instruments. For there, they that carried us away captive required of us a song. The world is, is wanting us to sing to their tunes. Required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. Sing to us. The world wants us to walk according to their fun and joy and and revelry they want us to sing like they sing but we have to hang up our harps how, how are we going to sing verse 4 how shall we sing the lord's song in a strange land how how are we supposed to do that when we have time to to reflect on on where we are we we can't get ourselves to 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 have mirth If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand 
forget her cunning. It's, it's, it, he's, he's saying, I don't want to forget what's really important here. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If I ever let that slip, let my right hand lose its cunning. That type of language. Don't let that slip. Don't lose that focus. Remember, O Lord, verse 7, Remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem who said, Raise it, raise it, even to the foundation thereof. Demolish it. Raise it to the ground. This is, this is the psalmist now remembering what he's up against. The world is not our friend. The, the world, there is no friendship with the world. The world is enmity. The carnal mind is enmity with God. It's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. There's a war going on here. There's two sides. We, we often like to think that we can get along just fine, but just remember, remember, you psalmist, the children of Edom, they want to destroy. They want to raise it to the ground. They want to demolish and have no witness of God. You remember that that is what the world wants. That's ultimately their end game. You think that they want, they don't want Christianity or the witness of Christ. They want it gone. Okay, so if I'm, think, if I'm, if I'm aware of that, verse 8, O daughter of Babylon, you want a song, world? Here's a song. O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be that taketh and dasheth thy little ones against the stones. Okay. So this is this is this is hard. This is hard language. It's hard to understand sometimes. But this is this is this psalm is here to to, to teach us something, isn't it? And we have to bow to it. Um what is it here to teach us? I believe very, very simply that we have lost our fight in this world. We have generally, very generally, I believe that we have lost our fight. Now, you can see that sort of in society out there, certainly in the Western world. You can see that with all these things coming out where it's like the, the, the West has lost their fight. They have lost their will to fight. You see it on very practical lev- levels. It's very sad, especially here in America on the West Coast or in some of these some of these uh, big cities where you have, whether it's rioting or you have mass shoplifting going on and people are just standing around. They don't know what to do. It's like they're, they're paralyzed. They don't know what to do. There was one clip that I saw of, of a police officer wrestling on the ground with a, with an assailant trying to subdue him and you had people just standing around there like 
recording it on their phones. Like, nobody's like helping. Everyone is everyone's just a passive pacifist. It's just we we something has happened where we have lost our ability to fight. And I think Christians have this problem as well where we have lost all of our convictions, we have lost our our tenacity, we have lost our uh, aggressiveness. I, I say that in in quotation marks, aggressiveness, like saying the in the place of prayer. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Well, what's that supposed to mean? Um, there is there is a there's a there's a fighting spirit that needs to be among God's people. Now we had it with some of these old heroes. And we celebrate them, but it it feels to me, I include myself, that we've just, whether we've just become so weary, or whether we've just become so worn out and and beat down by the uh, the by the by the world and the flesh and the devil, and you all, some of you all, going through what you go through, and it just wears you down, as it says in Daniel, the 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 wicked one seeks to wear down the saints. He's trying to wear down the saints. The saints of the Most High, and it, it feels like we've, we're losing our will to fight. Well, I just want to uh, say two things here. What does this not mean? Better make this clear. This does not mean becoming violent Christians. Okay, I, it goes without saying, but I should probably say it. It doesn't mean we're supposed to become this aggressive, violent, really ugly uh, group of people that go around and we're just we're just violent. No, that's 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 not the right religion. We're not in the right religion here. So it doesn't mean that. Well, what does it mean? Well, I believe that you have a clue Let's say in Colossians chapter 4, verse 12, it's just a clue. If you look to Colossians chapter 4, verse 12, Paul says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. And I know this has been talked about before on this call, so this is not new, but that word fervently is the Greek word, I believe, agonizmai or agonizo one of those and we get the English word to agonize agonize that's a fighting spirit and he was laboring with great agony what? in prayer the weapons of our warfare are not carnal friends we want to do something. We see the chaos in the world. We actually want to like take up arms and fight, don't we? But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. Through God, to the pulling down of these strongholds. Imagine that. There are some strongholds in this world that you're not going to pull down through a sword but you will pull them down through prayer. Laboring 
fervently. What's another verse that we can go to? James 5.16. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The word fervent, I believe, energeo, if that's the right Greek word, we get our word energy, energize. The effectual energetic prayer. The point I'm simply trying to make here, friends, is that we often want to just coast, even in our prayers, but our, our Christian lives generally, we just want to we just want to coast until we coast right into heaven. Woe unto them, says Amos, that uh, that are at ease in Zion. But that is what we want to do. We just want to take it easy. We want an easy life. We don't want to fight. We don't. We don't want this inner ghetto prayer. We don't want the agonismi. It's too hard. It's too tiring. And it, I, I'm, I, I believe, I feel the same way. I get tired like anybody else. And I often lament to Rick about it. So he's my sounding board. I'm sure you get tired too. I'm not just talking about this prayer call, generally speaking. I'm talking about life itself. You just get worn down. And uh, by the way, they that wait upon the Lord, which is what we're seeking to do here, they shall renew their strength. The point is just this, friends. Psalm 137 is the psalmist saying, we're in a war. We know what the enemy is up to. We know what they want to do. They want to destroy us. Don't forget that. There's no friendship here. There's no, there's no truce no peace treaty with the world. It's a war to the end. And the psalmist is basically saying, you want a song? You want us to sing? I'll give you a song. And this song encompasses the idea of them not having a future. I mean, that's basically the, the, the gist of verse 9. There's no future for them. There's not going to be a next generation of the enemy. And so this is a war to the very end. One last thing that I'll just end with here is 1 Peter chapter 4. In uh, verse 4 it says, They think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. Okay, so that, that goes along with what we said here, where the world wants us to sing, Hey, you need to sing. Give us a song here. Mirth, come on. Well, they're going to think it's strange that ye run not with the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. And then it goes down, for the sake of time, I'll just go right to the verse 7. It says, But the end of all things is at hand. Friends, we're coming to the end here. Uh, whatever your view of eschatology is, we can at least say this. We're closer to the end today than we were yesterday. We can all agree on that. So we're coming closer. The end is at hand. Be ye therefore sober. And what? And watch unto prayer. You see this, this constant exhortation to seek the Lord in the way that we're doing? 
Oh, friends, I'm praying that God will give us the fight. Keep, keep, us, keep us fighting. That's what I'm praying for. I was going to read for you the psalm out of the 1650 Scottish Psalter. I'll just read a couple of lines because I just love this. It's poetry. By Babel streams we sat and wept when Zion we thought on. In midst thereof we hanged our harps, the willow trees upon. For there sung a song required they, who did us captive bring. Our spoilers called for mirth and said, A song of Zion sing. Oh, how the Lord's song shall we sing within a foreign land. If thee, Jerusalem, I forget, skill part from my right hand. My tongue to my mouth's ruth let cleave if I do thee forget. Jerusalem and thee above, my chief joy do not set. Remember Edom's children, Lord, who in Jerusalem's day, even unto its foundation, raise, raise, it quite did say, O daughter, thou of Babylon, near to destruction. Blessed shall he be that thee rewards as thou hast done to us. Yea, happy surely shall he be thy tender little ones, who shall lay hold upon thee, upon and them shall dash against the stones. <laughs> 